Are you someone with a dream, passion, and desire to become an entrepreneur? Hi, I'm Corey Mosley, and I'm on a mission to provide education and empowerment to aspiring entrepreneurs. If that's you, you're invited to join me every week as I talk with everyday entrepreneurs committed to beating the odds and building their businesses. Welcome to the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. That's right, the place where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and even people who have started their business need to tune in every week to hear from other entrepreneurs and small business owners that are making it happen every day. I've got another great show for you, as always. I know you've come to expect nothing but great guests, and we are continuing that tradition today. I've got a superstar really joining me. I literally had to track her down, send up, send smoke signals, Facebook stalker. I had to do everything to get her on this show today. My guest today is Lisa Copeland and she's got 25 or more than 25 years of proven success. Her consulting firm, Lisa Copeland Global Enterprises, helps business owners and entrepreneurs build more scalable and successful businesses that generate more profit through her strategic, the art of the big sell, focused on selling a movement over a product. Her client list includes Google, Subaru, Dell, State Farm, Bank of America, H&R Block, and many more. She's also been named in the automotive industry. She was awarded one of the top 100 women in automotive. She led one of the largest uh, retail networks for Fiat, being the first person to break a record-selling number of 100 new Fiats in one month. She also was named an Outstanding Business Leader in 2014 by Northwood University. She's spoken in more than 100 companies, and she is just a lady boss. I got to tell you, Lisa, thanks for joining the show today. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I'm really uh, excited about all of the work that you're doing in the marketplace and the art of the big sell and really bringing sales back and, and helping people think bigger in their mindset. You know, I know you do a lot of coaching with entrepreneurs as I do. And one of the things I'm always dealing with is, you know, people talking about their pricing and, you know, devaluing themselves, you know, in a, right. in, in, just in the name of business, people charging too little. I was coaching a guy who told me he was charging $99 for coaching. And I said, you know, the problem with that is I said, honestly, and I'm, you know, I'm the blunt guy, right? I said, you can't be very good if that's what you're charging. You right. know, I want you to think about what you just paid me to be on my program. And why would somebody, what would somebody think if you were offering them an hour, two hours of your time for $99, right? The math doesn't make any sense. So I appreciate everything you're doing in the marketplace to drive sales. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your story? Well, thanks. Thanks for asking. So I'm a former automotive dealer. And in 2016, I had the opportunity to sell my award-winning dealership. And people say, why did you sell it? And I said, because I had a buyer. <laughs> so as any good entrepreneur, if the number's right, and you've got someone ready to write you a check, sometimes it's time to move on. But in all mm -hmm. seriousness... I decided to move on because it, personally, I had rung every bell I could ring. And um, after I was awarded the top 100 women in automotive with my sorority sisters like Mary Barra and Elena Ford, I decided wow. there was no more bells I could ring behind four walls sitting in Austin, Texas. And I wanted to take my message to the world stages, to the masses. So it's been great. So I formed Lisa Copeland Global Enterprises, and we are a consulting firm. We specialize in automotive, but I've got several Fortune 5 clients. And what we really work with them on is sales strategy. At the end of the day, you know, we, we talk to them about all kinds of things, but I'm a sales expert. But we really turned the sales business, Corey, upside down. 
You know, it isn't about selling the way we used to sell. It's about galvanizing your uh, internal and external employees, build a movement, and then for, and then have an incredible tribe of brand ambassadors forever, just like Apple, Whole Foods, and, or Tom's right. Shoes. Well, it's so funny. I, I, you know, I often say to an owner, I say, you know, you have to make a decision. Will your people run out in the middle of traffic for you or want to throw you out in the middle of traffic, right? Mm-hmm. You, it might be time to assess your management style if it's the other, if they were to throw you out in the traffic, right? So, right. so I, I get a lot of entrepreneurs that come to me because they know of my background in training and coaching and consulting. So they gravitate to me to say, hey, I want to start a consulting business. I want to start training, right? Things that are completely in your wheelhouse. How did you make the decision? Not just, because you could have sold your business and done anything, right? Your skill set is very broad. What made you say, okay, great, I'm going to now, you could have gone on vacation for a year, right? But what what made you say, this is the next, you know, the next chapter, you know, in your life coming out of that sale? Well, so kind of like um, I sold the dealership because I had a buyer. I decided to become a strategist because I had customers. I had clients immediately. I'm not, I'm not really a training company. I refer that out. So I will, I will, I'll definitely refer some to your company, Corey. Um, so, yeah, so we are, we are a strategy-based a strategy company. And I add to my to Lisa Copen Global is that I'm a, I'm a speaker. And so I, I speak. I, I do 50 to 75 engagements a year. So I've got that also. And. Yeah. So, you know, so it was just big strategy and companies coming to us and saying, hey, if you could take that small brand, relaunch it back to the U.S., build an award-winning sales team. You know, my, my organization, you know, we had a lot of awards. You know, we had the Walter P. Chrysler, which only five dealers, not, I mean, of all of the network get mm-hmm. awarded every year. And I think we were the only Fiat dealer to ever do it. And, you know, it's excellence wow. service, uh, customer service, both parts and, or parts service and sales. And so, you know, two best workplace awards for automotive news. And so, you know, culture and building a movement, which is really a culture, right? You're building a culture. That really is my wheelhouse. And so the day I sold, um, people were ringing my phone. And what I knew is that I didn't want to work for somebody else. Mm. I wasn't interested in that. And I wasn't interested in taking a year off and and going to the beach. I was interested in continuing my movement, which was to revolutionize the auto industry. And along the way, I've been able to re- uh, help help revolutionize some other industries also. Uh, network so, marketing is something I've um, just been hired on a big contract okay. for. And, yeah, and but again, I mean, what is a network marketer? They're entrepreneurs. Right, absolutely, right. 100%. Right. It, you know, it's very similar in what we're, you know, a lot of people are told in the auto industry, right, that you're your own business and I'm providing yeah. the inventory, I'm providing that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, you, you started off in a, in a place better than a lot of people do, right? So you already had huge skill. You had a great reputation already. You had clients waiting. People are probably like, let me just pause this thing now because she just had it made. But what were some of the challenges? What were some of the things that maybe you didn't expect uh, as you started getting out there? Well, I mean, you have to remember, I mean, I, 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 I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. So mm-hmm. I founded um, our mortgage insurance and financial services company. I think I did that 15 years ago. No, okay. it's been 20 years now. My husband still runs it to this day. Mm. The name of it's Austin Mortgage Associates. It's austinmortgageassociates.com or assoc.com. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, my superpower is to build businesses and I do it by building movements and building relationships. So I did that and then, and then I was a consultant from there when I decided I didn't want to be the CEO anymore, which my husband still is, like I said, 20 years later. And um, then I, I, I came back into the auto industry as a consultant Mm-hmm. And then I had the opportunity to relaunch Fiat brand to the United yep. States, which I'm very grateful for. 
So, you know, I mean, it wasn't You're a serial. Easy. You're a serial. Would you, a what, what would you call a serial entrepreneur? entrepreneur. Yeah. Yes. But I'll tell you, you know, people have asked me before, you know, how do you do what you do? And I say, I, I am risk adverse. Mm. I just go That's for it. Yes, I am risk adverse. It's just risk, not risk adverse or risk Im- immune. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. immune because I mean, yeah. you know, um, so when I'm speaking, you know, I, I talk about fear. You know, danger is real, and fear is a choice. Mm. And um, I like that. You know, and you know, and and 96 of what we fear never materializes. And I wanted to show you. I don't. I don't think we're in video, but this was my license plate when I left. Fear not. Fear, fear not. I love fear it. Fear not. Right, and I agree Perfect with the sign behind you that it says, it's mentioned in the Bible, more than anything, is it will fear not. And so, you know, I don't go into dangerous situations. So, you know, danger is the house is burning down. I love that. Fear is worrying about the house burning down. I love that. You know, and and, and 96% of the time, per psychology today, that house is not burning down. So it takes a lot of headspace. You know, without paying rent, fear lives in our head. And so, you know, I, I think one of the things that, that I've learned how to do at, at a much older age in life is to repurpose that fear, assess the risk, and as long as it's not dangerous and there's an upside from a monetary standpoint, right? and and it falls within two things, my skill set and my passion, those are critical for me, um, yes. I'm going to go for it. Why not? I mean, why not? Uh, I, I echo a lot of what you're saying. I, I, I talk about something called the skill set mindset equation. Right. So, you know, people don't have the right mindset, then the skill, you know, the skill doesn't matter. you got a great mindset, but you don't actually have the skill. You're, you're going to pull yourself to be broke, you know, basically. Well, so. you know, and, I mean, think about things like this, like, you know, I would love to do brain surgery. Like I'm the kind of person I would just get in there and just dig around. And I just, I, I just want to see what that looks like. Right. But don't let me near that. That's not my skill set. For sure. That person on the table's going to die. Die. <laughs> so, you know, that's how I equate it. It's a very, very dramatic um, example. But that's it, you know. You will die as an entrepreneur if your passion and your skill set do not align. You know? You preach it. Let it, let it be a hobby. But right. don't, don't bank the family farm on it if, right. if you don't align. A hundred percent. So one of the other things that you, you've, you've actually have a book on this topic and a course that you've recently released. I want to talk about this topic of mediocrity, right? Yeah. And, and crushing mediocrity, as you call it. Talk to us about that. Pro- talk, talk to us about some of the things that keep people in that way. But, you know, give, give us some feed, give the audience some feedback on what some of the content in that course is and yeah. what your concept of mediocrity and how to beat it is. Yeah, thank you. So we wrote the book. I co-authored it with um, my best friend and uh, absolute aviation giant rock star, Renee Banglesdorf. And, you know, we were sitting at dinner one night. And we were just kind of like, whoa, be me. You know, it's so hard being, you know, I was the only woman that sat on the National Dinner Council for FCA for five years. She's the only wow. woman that sits on many boards in aviation. And it was kind of like, you know, we've worked so hard to have seats at the table. You know, and how come every other woman's not trying as hard as we are or, you know, whatever. And it was like, you know what? It's because the world is, you know, the mediocrity to us is, is living in the middle, right? It's the safe right. space. And to most people, 95% of the, of the public or 95%, Corey, of the people that will listen to this podcast, they're good with where they're at. And you know what? That's okay. You're just not my people. Right. Um, the 5% that are going, I'm stuck. I'm tired of being in this dead end job. I'm tired of dreaming or having this product or this idea and wanting to go out and do something with it, but I don't know how to get there. What is that roadmap? 
Right. That, those are who we wrote the book for and we did the course for. Because okay. the people that wanted to bust through living in the middle, getting unstuck, and be more today than what they can be. The other part to the book is really talking to people about legacy. You know, your legacy is not your end of life story. It's your everyday story. Mm. And so you've got the opportunity to hone it, to correct it. So there's the good news. If you've ever messed up, you can fix your legacy and then really take control of the narrative in your life. So that way at the end of your life, somebody is not reading a a statement at your funeral. Hopefully they're reading a chapter out of your book that you wrote, that you controlled the narrative of, that you could show your children, your grandchildren, anybody in that audience or whoever, that you had the gumption to power through fear and that you truly walked in your underlying purpose because purpose mm. is what fuels us. And if you've ever seen, Corey, people without purpose, they, life is gray to them. Like they just walk through right. life and they live it. And, you know, the day you and I died, I believe, and I bet you believe by your poster back there, has already been determined, mm. right, in between that dash. And so, right. you know, we, I am responsible, as are you, for what I do every single day that the good Lord has given me on this earth because right. it could end today. It could, that's for sure. And there's nothing that I or you or anybody can do to stop it. So what do you think contributes to people living a mediocre life or, or not going for it? Two things. Well, I'm going to say three. Number one, it's fear. It's absolute fear. It is self-doubt. Self-doubt lives in our head and it does a number on us. Number two, comfort. They're comfortable, you know? Um, One of our taglines from the book is never settle for good enough. But you know what? It's good enough. And then number three, it's the people that let their kids play soccer for participation trophies. Like, you know. um, Tell me a little bit more about that. uh, It makes me crazy. I I have two grandsons who I'm obsessed with. And um, my six-year-old, he just turned six, so he was five at the time. It was YMCA soccer, and I used to go to soccer games at the end of the season. You know, I'm asking my daughter, I'm like, what's the score? What's the score? She's like, oh, they don't keep score. And I'm like, you're joking me. When you and your brother played sports, your father and I wouldn't let you play unless they kept score. They don't keep score. about keeping score. It just is. Because That's why, why, why go? Why go give something all you've got right. if nobody's keeping score? Right. I mean, I kept score every month when I was a car dealer. I wanted to be number one in the nation. End of story. And God help everybody if we came in at number two. And it happened. Right. And I would go into this complete, like, okay, what did we do wrong? What did I do wrong as the leader? What did I not hit on? Because so much of it was me because of the advertising and the marketing and, you know, and that type of sure. stuff. And, you know, you have to have something to run for. So, it, so it's the end of the season, and then both teams get trophies. And I was just like, why? Right. right. It's just me. But, again, that is that to me is what mediocrity looks like. And there's nothing wrong with mediocre. It, there really isn't. It just means you're average, you're, in the middle, you're comfortable, you're safe. Right, and, and somebody has to be, right? It's, it's kind of the idea. Everyone can't be a chief, you know? I used to live in New Jersey, and um, I used to live in a, high, a kind of a high-rise building, and my neighbor would get – I got on the elevator with my neighbor one time, and we were talking a little bit about, you know, what I do and what he, – he was working for Bloomberg at the time and middle management of some sort. And he, he said, you know, man, I could never – go out there and take all this risk and, and be responsible for all these things and these people and all this other stuff. And I said, there is absolutely 100% nothing wrong with that. People think the only path is 
an entrepreneur like that. That's the and crazy that we're on an entrepreneurship podcast, but that's not the only way to skin the cat. I mean, you're, you're entitled to your life, right? As you see your life, but if you want something that's greater that will require you to do more or not be mediocre to get it right, then you have to, you have to go to the top. Let me get your thoughts on this. Cause you talk about fear and comfort. Well, let me ask you, I, I just want to add something to that course so that yeah. all your listeners understand that middle manager He's great, he or she. Yep. What we say in crushing mediocrity, be the best one you can be. Stand out. You root for your leaders, right? So mediocre is a mindset. It is it is not a job title or a position. Mm. So I just I just I want to say that. Yeah. And then underlying purpose. So my underlying purpose was to revolutionize the auto industry. And so purpose for us, which is our first chapter, and everything, the whole thread through our book is not to be us centered when it comes to purpose, it's to be others centered. Mm. So my, my passion was to revolutionize by hiring women, minorities, and millennials because they are underserved both on the retail side of automotive and as consumers. So it wasn't about me ringing the bells. It was about me using my platform to magnify an underserved and disenchanted sectors, which was women, minorities, and millennials. So what do you say to someone? What do you say to a woman in particular who's listening to this podcast and she's thinking about um, going, you know, she's thinking about going forward, maybe in a space that was traditionally or is traditionally uh, dominated by men. Um, she's yeah. concerned about not having enough opportunities. You and I talked off air before we came on about, you know, especially early in my speaking career, I'd be doing a keynote somewhere with 32 other speakers and I was the only brown person on the list, you know. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to someone that in their mind, because we talk about mindset, that may be thinking, can I do this? Can I break through? Why, am I the one to do it? Or, or can I really make it um, out there in a space that has not been particularly welcoming to women traditionally? Right. No, that's a great question. The good news is, ladies and people that are minorities and millennials and women, and to me who are very disenfranchised in many, many uh, verticals, the tides are changing. Is it easy? No, but, but the conversation in this country has gotten started. Unfortunately, it's gotten, it's very, very uh, divisive right now, but you know what? I don't think, well, you, you look back in history and revolutions leave bloodied bodies, unfortunately. Right. And from a social standpoint, this country needed a revolution. Mm. And so unfortunately there are some bloodied bodies, but if that's what it takes, so that would be the first thing. And the second thing is, is I would make sure that whatever you're doing, that you make sure that it's what you want to do. And you go in there, just like I did my first job selling cars in 1986, where I was the only woman with 90, 90 male salespeople, and just say, you know what, I am here to do the best job that I can do. And I'm not going to go in there with a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be excellent. I'm going to go into this new position, profession or whatever it may be. And my goal is to crush mediocrity in this organization. Mm. I'm going to stand out. I'm going to be purpose-filled. I'm going to root for uh, each. Uh, I'm going to root for my team members. I'm going to root for my boss. And I promise you, man, woman, whatever you are out there, if you go in with that attitude of excellence, cream mm. will rise to the top. I love it. So tell me a little bit about uh, your craziest entrepreneurship moment. We get all kinds of things, you know, on the show, but if you had to think of a crazy moment in your entrepreneurial journey at any point, early, now, uh, what's, what's a crazy moment? Something crazy that happened or? Oh, I have it. It is that I said yes to invest my life savings 
to relaunch Fix It Again Tony to the United States in the land of trucks and SUVs, Austin, Texas. That was probably my woo crazy, crazy, like, have I lost and my what mind? Was the, tell me, what is that? What was, what is or was that? What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> I didn't pick up that you were using an acronym for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fix It Again Tony is Fiat. And I say all the love in the world because that brand was good to me. And FCA was very, very good to me. But Yes. But, you know, I mean, that was pretty you, crazy. You went over even my head. I didn't see that yeah. one coming. Well, they went over your head and then it went over your listeners too. But, <laughs> you know, but just the fact that, you know, that, that I had this vision and, and my, my vision was never to be number one or to sell the most cars. Wow. I saw it as being somebody who, who could be very high profile in a very important industry that I could revolutionize. See, because my whole goal has always been purpose driven. So yeah. I could revolutionize the industry gotcha. for women, minorities, and millennials by, by bringing this small car back to market that left the market 20 years prior as Fix It Again Tony. Right. And I think my story is living proof that if you walk in your underlying purpose, big things happen. Wow. Because those women, those minorities, and those millennials were the ones who supported me, they worked for me, and they bought cars from me. I love it. Well, now we've come to the part of the show where I want to talk about what makes you tick as an entrepreneur. We call this our entrepreneurship rapid fire section. So I've got nine questions for you and I want you to give me whatever pops in your head here. Okay. We're going to, we're going to run through them right now. Are you ready? Lisa Copeland. Ready. Let's do it. All right. PC or Mac? PC. PC. Okay. You, you even made, you saw, I made a face and you made a face. <laughs> What's your favorite credit card for small business? Uh, American Express. Physical planner or digital planner? Physical planner. What's your favorite software right now to manage your business? Outlook. Okay, <laughs> okay that's no, all answers are Stop accepted. laughing at me. <laughs> are, you a, are you a Starbucks, Dunkin', or other kind of gal? Starbucks. What's your favorite Starbucks? I order just the, um, the medium regular coffee. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Nothing, like, there's nothing that, fancy about me. I mean, y'all don't see me on video. <laughs> you don't want it shaken, stirred, anything. I see no. she's showing us the she's showing us the yeah. real deal platter there. Uh, when it comes to thank yous, thank you card or thank you email? Oh, I do handwritten thank you cards. Excellent. When it comes to reading and your own learning, hardcover, tablet, or audiobook? Audiobook. Okay. What's your next big goal? Uh, I am launching my next book, The Art of the Big Sell, Build a Movement, Build an Empire. And I just picked up a very famous literary agent and she's right. out trying to line a big publishing deal up. So that is my next big goal is to um, have my book go New York Times bestseller. I love it. So when we check and we, when we do our check-in show about a year from now, you'll be yes. able to tell me all about it. We'll give some copies so. away on the, on the podcast. I hope so. I hope Final so. Final question. One day with any mentor who's still alive, who would that person be? Oh my gosh, I would have said Sergio Marchionne, but he just passed away. Um, any mentor still alive? One day with them. Yeah. Uh, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Okay, you know, we've gotten that more than once. So that's a, yeah. that's a, yeah, a lot of people. I was telling, uh, I just actually had Del Tor McNeil, who's a good friend of mine, who's a, a well known peak performance speaker. He said Tony Robbins too. And I was telling him, uh, my wife and I go to Palm, we, we vacation in Palm Beach. It's an annual thing that we do every September. And I said, I think I have gotten down to about the 10 blocks 
based on video that Tony, because Tony lives in Palm, and yep. uh, based on some videos that I've seen of him and what I know about where the houses are, I think I'm within 10 blocks of Tony Robbins' house. So we're going to figure out how we can you know, get When you do, will you, will you just, like, you know, throw my email address or something? I, listen, I'll Facebook Live be getting arrested trying to uh, meet Tony Robbins at the gates. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That, that would be a lifetime dream. <laughs> so final segment today on the podcast. It's our entrepreneurship trivia. This is an opportunity to earn $25 for your favorite charity. So I'm going to ask you a trivia question. It is multiple choice. And if you get it right, I'll be donating $25 to the charity of your choice. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see what questions have uh, we've done on the easy ones this season. Let me give you a hard one. Oh God, Lord, you better get me an easy one. I still use a PC for goodness sakes. (laughs) Let's see here. Okay. So according to a survey done by account temps based on more than 300 interviews with American human resources managers, what is the most productive day of the work week? Here are your options. Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Want to say Monday because that's obvious. So that means it's probably wrong. So I'm going to say Tuesday. Is Tuesday your final answer? Final answer. Lisa Copeland has gotten the correct answer. The answer is Tuesday. 39% of employees uh, show productivity uh, to focus on individual tasks. So not too often that people win here. So what charity would you like to recognize today that is going to pick up $25 from? Yes, this is so awesome. Thank you. Um, The name of the charity is here in Austin, Texas. It's Survive to Thrive. Okay. And it's my friend, Courtney Santana, and she is a shelter for women that are being trafficked. Oh, wow. And it's just a huge passion of mine. So, Well, well they've just picked up a few dollars courtesy of me. Well, Lisa. Thank you. That means, that means you, you, well. you bought a woman a, an entire day of supplies. So thank you. Oh, wow. Well, just for that, I'm going to double that donation for sure uh, as soon as we get off. How do people find you, get connected, learn about your course? Tell the yes. audience. Yes. So the best way to find me is Lisa Copeland, C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D.com. And um, my course is at Crushing It, Crushing It, IT Academy.com backslash class, C-L-A-S-S. That's awesome. How about social media? You uh, at, yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at Lisa C. Copeland. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn, Lisa Copeland, and Facebook, it's uh, Speaker Lisa Copeland. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Well, this concludes another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I hope you guys have gotten a lot of great information. And if you're looking to start your business, I encourage you to visit fearlesswithcorey.com and take my free training, Five Simple Strategies to Get Your Business Started Now. As always, I will leave you with this. Keep the mind sharp the vision clear, the resolve strong, and you will make it. I'm Corey Mosley, and I'll see you next week. Are you still there? I just want to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. Our podcast is distributed to several different sources like iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud, plus, of course, our own website. And it would mean so much to me if you liked the show to leave a review. It, of course, helps to build our popularity, but it also helps us come up in search engines so we can reach as many entrepreneurs as possible. So, can I count on you to leave a review? 
I know I can. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing with you next week.